In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Kalimera sas. Good morning. After an introduction like that, no pressure, right? <laughs> it's a blessing for me to be here with you at St. George. It's such a beautiful community. Um, and I know that we're in Cubs Nation. This is for sure. Sometimes I go to the parishes and I'm not sure uh, if it's kind of a Cubs parish or a White Sox parish, but I know today we are in Cubs Nation. I don't know if you all remember, I'm assuming many of you are Cubs fans. Maybe not all of you, don't get offended. Don't worry, I'm a Tigers fan, so it's okay, you know. But I don't know if you remember, uh, you Cubs fans, I'm sure you remember very well the 21 minute rain delay. If you recall, in 2016, when the Cubs, of course, won the World Series for the first time in how many years? 100 and, 103, something like that? 108? The first time they won the World Series in 108 years, after being down three games to one against the Indians, they stormed back, and then after tying the series in game seven, they hit a rain delay, and they still needed to come back and win even the seventh game. You may or may not have heard of a very interesting interview with Joe Madden, where a reporter asked him about those 21 minutes. And I don't know about you, but I really wanted to know what Joe Madden had to say about those 21 minutes. What he had to say about really the most important 21 minutes, at least in the last 108 years of the Cubs franchise. Arguably the most important 21 minutes in the history of the entire organization. I was so interested to wonder not only what Joe had to say to the reporter, but I really wanted to know what did he say in those 21 minutes to his team? He was, as you remember, the kind of quirky, different type of manager for a team that had a new way to help his team win, and he did. Man, I wanted to know what did he say? What inspiring thing did he say? What did he say that brought this team to complete its rally in those 21 minutes? And he was interviewed and asked that question. Joe, what did you say to the team during the rain delay? And do you know what he said? He said, I said nothing to them. I didn't say a word to them. I didn't even go into the clubhouse room with them. This kind of struck me by surprise because I thought if I was him, if I was Joe, I think I would have felt like I wanted to say exactly the right thing to insert myself into that situation and be a part of that rally, the final step to winning the World Series after 108 years. But Joe said, I said nothing. I realized that there was nothing I could say. That after this whole time working towards a championship, it was up to the team. They needed to figure it out. They needed to let the leaders of the team speak. And they needed to come together in those 21 minutes. And if I had inserted myself, I would have just messed things up. Can you believe it? He said, I would have just messed things up this manager who brought the Cubs out of this 108-year curse. 
This mentality, this way of thinking that Joel represents is an example of humility. And I would go so far as to say that this is an example of orthodox humility, which is defined maybe best by a non-orthodox writer, but a great one anyway, C.S. Lewis. And what did C.S. Lewis say about humility? Many things. But one thing he said that sticks with me, and I hope you take it home with you today, is that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking about yourself less. I'll say that one more time. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, negatively of yourself, but it's thinking about yourself less. And isn't that exactly what Joe did? He wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about what the team needed. He wasn't thinking about this interview that would come later. He was thinking about these 21 minutes, this moment, and it, what really being needful in that moment for his team, and he realized it was not himself. He realized it wasn't his own words. He realized what they needed was each other, and that he would have just messed things up, and that's what he did. This mentality of humility is well missed in the Gospel lesson today about the rich ruler who asks Christ how to enter the kingdom of God. And you'll notice, of course, we remember in this story the phrase, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. But before we get to that part in this morning's Gospel lesson, I want to draw your attention to something very important. When the rich ruler asks Christ, what do I need to do to go to heaven, to enter the kingdom of God? The Lord says to him, you know what is written. And he basically gives him a quick synopsis of the Ten Commandments. A brief version, a Cliff Notes version. Honor your father and mother. Don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. Love your parents. And what was the response of the rich young ruler? Did you notice? He didn't say, thank you, Lord. He didn't say, I'm going to keep working on those things, Lord. He said, those things I have done since my youth. In other words, I've already got those done. They're, those are checked off. And then without question, the Lord responds again to him and says, if you wish to inherit the kingdom of God and to be perfect, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. And then, of course, the ruler leaves sorrowfully because he's in love with those riches he has and is not willing to do that. In this morning's Gospel lesson, this ruler, this rich man, was missing his own orthodox humility. The Lord didn't come to him and say, if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you have to just give everything you have away and follow me. Right? And sometimes we think that black and white. We think very black and white about these gospel lessons and about even our faith. But, but it's not black and white, right? Because what is in between the lines, what's deeper in the text, is that the Lord realized quickly that this ruler did not have humility. How many of us can truly say in our hearts, 
honestly that we follow the Ten Commandments since our youth? How many of us can say that we've checked off every one of those commandments and we have command over all of them in our lives? Probably none of us if we're being honest with ourselves. And that's okay. The Lord didn't ask him to have all of those perfected. He challenged him to continue working on those commandments throughout his life. But then he heard this ruler's response, I already have those covered since my youth. Maybe on a deeper level, I'm lacking humility. I'm lacking seeing myself in the right size. Maybe I'm thinking about myself a little more. Right? This mentality, this core aspect of our faith is critical for us, not only in this Thanksgiving season, not only in this Advent season that we are in, but most importantly in this time of crisis and fear during this pandemic. Of course, there's much pain in our world right now. We're losing loved ones. We're losing jobs. We're feeling disconnected. And it is okay for us to feel those feelings and that pain, just like it would have been okay for the ruler to not have perfected those Ten Commandments. But what is not okay is for us not to also at the same time remember our humility. Our orthodox humility. Not thinking less of ourselves that we don't deserve love and family and all those blessings from above, but also thinking about ourselves a little less. Trying to worry a little bit less about ourselves. This mentality, this value, this foundational aspect of our faith is critical at this time more than ever to have our orthodox humility, to be right-sized in God's presence. I encourage you all to talk about this with your families tonight or maybe tomorrow. Talk about those things that you are grateful for. If you live by yourself, write them down. Get them outside of your mind and your heart and look and talk about the things that you are so grateful for in this life. These gratitudes are the first step into finding our orthodox humility. Because if we are able to have that mentality, that type of humility, we will realize that every gift we have is from above. From our families, to our careers, to our friends, to our church and our faith. These are gifts from above. And the more that we remember that, the more we remember that these are things that we are grateful for and these are things that we should be humbled to have. If we do this, if we try to think about our humility today, this week, we'll move away from the mentality of the ruler who cannot part with these things because he doesn't even realize their gifts. He thinks they're his own. And we will move toward an orthodox humility. May I even say a Joe Madden mindset. That we, unlike the ruler, can think not less of ourselves, but think about ourselves a little less 
and our brother and sister a little bit more. Amen.